Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone, and thank you so much for joining us again today. Uh, we're so grateful to the Lord to be able to come before you and share with you the things that the Lord has laid on my heart to share. And uh, so we want to get right into this. We're going to be talking about Christ Love the Church, and this is part two of that series. And so we're going to get right into this. And what sparked this is the emails and the letters that we receive from people uh, really all over the world who are dealing with a contentious woman. And uh, it seems like that's more common than not today. And, you know, I've preached a message on that, how to deal with a contentious woman. But I imagine uh, maybe it's just not getting through to some people what's being said. So in this is we're going to talk about, you know, the particular area of loving her as Christ loved the church. And so and how do we do that as husbands when we're dealing with a contentious woman? Uh, let me start off again, just in case you haven't watched the first video uh, the first part of this message, and also, uh, just in case you didn't hear it the first time, I believe in men being men in their homes. I believe that men are to um, rule their own homes, and I use that word rule because that's what the Bible says. I believe that women ought to submit to a man, uh, just like what the word says, but I believe in, and I don't believe that, that the man should hunker down and cater to that woman just to uh, just to keep the peace. And I've seen men that that were that were that way uh, that cater to women just to keep the peace. You know, that's just saying happy wife, happy life. Uh, and it seems like that's the direction that the uh, that the society is going in: happy wife, happy life. In other words, as long as you keep your wife happy, then you'll be you'll be happy. You'll have a happy life. In other words, she won't give you any trouble. Uh, but of course, that's not the word of God. I believe that we ought to make our wives happy, but not for the purpose of keeping her uh, so that we don't have any trouble from her. Uh, her her being, and, and this is the thing we have to realize, happiness don't come from anything except Jesus Christ. And it's based on her relationship with the Lord. And so even her being a submissive wife, is based on her being submitted to God himself. Now, it, it is something uh, that this, this is not a problem all the time, and this is what I mean. Uh, there are some, there, there are a lot of women that are in church that are contentious, and then there are a lot of women in the world that's not contentious. There is a such thing as, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from with these men who are married to these, you know, so-called Christian women, um, that they feel like they've had better in the world. In other words, it's crazy to them that worldly women can be submissive and know how to be how they're supposed to be, but women in the church don't. Now, you may wonder, why is that? Well, a lot of times, you know, now when you're dealing with marriage, and when you're talking about marriage, you're talking about something that's spiritual. When you were out fornicating, uh, <laughs> it was the devil's job to make it comfortable for you. You see that? Now, but when you when you're talking about spiritual things, and especially if both of you are followers of Christ, even if she has that issue of being submissive, 
uh, the devil is is going to really work on her. Now, the devil ain't concerned with working on her being contentious if she's just fornicating with you, uh, you know, or, or whatever, because that, that, that's, that's his that's his door in right there is the fornication, see? But once she has married you, uh, now the devil begins to work in another area, you see that? And and really, he's working on you as well as the husband, and it's to get you to despise your wife. Now, you have to, I have to make sure I say this for you husband. You have to make sure, and because the Bible tells us, I think it's in the book of Colossians, to be not bitter against our wives. And so we have to make sure. Now, you, you can go read that. It tells us that. To not be bitter against our wives. In the book of Malachi, it tells us not to deal treacherously with our wives. Now, listen. A wife being unsubmissive and being contentious towards you does not give you a license as a husband now, to, to, to be treacherous or to be bitter against her or to mistreat her. We do not have, now, um, you, you ask me, uh, people ask me all the time, how did I deal with it? Uh, how did I get my wife to reverence me? We're going to read an email from a person that's asking that uh, and, and things like that. Well, one, the, the, the number one thing I did was I stayed in my place, uh, regardless of how she acted when we first got married, regardless of how the enemy was using her, I stayed in my place. You see that? Not only that, I, I made sure that I did not become bitter against her. I I looked at things with spiritual eyes. My thought was um, that she needs a place to come to. In other words, if she's been contentious towards me and, and then I return it and then I'm contentious towards her, in other words, I'm bitter against her, then where am I calling her to? Where does she go from there? If she don't even have a place to, to come and submit if I'm bitter against her. You see that? Because if she has a change of mind and say, you know what, I have been contentious and I want to I want to change my mind and my heart, then if her husband is, if you're by that time bitter against her, you're dealing treacherously with her, and she can't, she may feel like she can't come uh, and, and surrender and submit to that, you see. And so we have to make sure that we love our wives as Christ loved the church. In other words, we know one thing that we know about Jesus Christ that we don't know anything else is that he's stable and he remains in his place. You see, the Lord never have to repent, never have to repent. So in other words, we don't mistreat him our whole lives, and then he starts mistreating us and then say, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have done that. I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? You see, he, he, he don't have to ask for forgiveness. He stays in his place. He stays who he is, he don't get bitter against us, you know, uh, and he, he extends grace and mercy to us. And that's what we have to do now. Again, I believe in men being men. I don't believe in men catering to the woman that's contentious just, just to keep the peace. But I'm telling you, we have to learn. Here's the key word. We have to learn to walk in love. And, and love for your wife is what helps you to be stable. In other words, if she comes to you moody and if she comes to you with contention, you're not moved by her contention. You stay still. You see that you're the same person, regardless if she's fussing or whatever the case may be, you remain where you are as a spiritual leader in your home. You, you give her something to look up to. You see that? 
So you're not moved. You ain't fussing and cussing back with her and things like that. And then you have to repent because now you're in the same boat, see? And so my suggestion for you husbands, uh, if you have found yourself being pulled into that where she's contentious and before you know it, you're arguing and you're fussing back with her and, and, and all of that, then you need to repent to her. Now, you may think that it's not fair. And you need to ask her for forgiveness. And you may think that it's not uh, that you do it, but she doesn't do it. But see, you're her leader. And that, that means you take the lead. You see that? And, and it's the wrong mindset to want, enough, want her to ask for forgiveness when you're not willing to do it. So in other words, you have to make sure that you're in, in your place first. You see that? And Adam was created first. He was in his place first. You see? And so... Make sure that you get back to where you need to be, in other words, ground zero, loving your wife as Christ loved the church and sacrifice himself for it. You see that? Make sure that you get to the place where God wants you to be, you see? And uh, so let's go ahead. We're going to go ahead and read this letter again, and then we're going to read this email, and then we're going to read a few scriptures, if the Lord will. This is from a brother in Florida. I said, Dear Brother Bolden, I have listened to every one of your contentious woman videos and also some other ones, including some of the other marriage videos you have made. You have an excellent selection of educational videos, and I enjoy learning from you. Both I and my wife are saved, but my wife acts worse than the average believer when it comes to marriage. My pastor is our counselor. He is very smart and spiritual. When my wife left me, filed for divorce, made false accusations, put an injunction on me, tried to make me a slave by paying money, <clears throat> took away my kids, planned how to get full custody, take the house, etc. I prayed hard for the Lord to rescue me from that evil. Now, now, <clears throat> uh, reading this email, you can see where contention wants to, where that spirit wants to take the family. It is really an attack on the family. And I think it's sad in this society how um, how uh, they cater to the wife or the ex-wife when things don't go right between the husband and the wife. Uh, that that you know uh, the, the false accusations, the injunction, the child support, you know the, the enforced child support. Now I believe that a man ought to take care of his children, but I don't believe that that believers should be going through the court systems for that type of stuff. Now, I'm just telling you that that's what the word says, that we, if we're believers, we should be able to settle things between ourselves. We should not be taking people to court to enforce things. Now, that's, that's Bible. You see that? But it's something that, that, that woman knows that the system is on her side. You see that? Now, uh, and most men love their children just like the woman loves their children. They don't want their children to be taken out of the home. That's, but, you know, that's, that's the fruit of not dealing with the marital issues. And, and people can think that marital problems don't continue after divorce, after the divorce, but they do. You see that whatever issues you had before the divorce, you'll still have them afterwards. You know, that, that bitterness, it'll still be there. Whatever it was that caused you to file in the first place, it will still be there if you don't allow the Lord to heal you. You see that? So we have to make that clear now. That's for you for you women. All right. He says, I prayed hard for the Lord to rescue me from that evil. The Holy Spirit told my pastor to tell me that the Lord is answering my prayers, and he predicted 
that she would come back, and she did. Now, we want to change that. We're predicted to prophesy. Praise God. He did a miracle, and when nobody could help me, and I was greatly afflicted, she dropped the injunction and came home. Now, brother, let me stop there. One of the ways that we learn to, as husbands, deal with our contentious wife is we don't dwell on the bad all the time. In fact, don't dwell on it, period. If you're dealing with it, deal with it right then. And and because, listen, I've been married to the contentious woman, and I can promise you that they're not contentious 24-7. You see, now, you, we as husbands, we have to learn to focus on the good. That that's what helped me. That's what I did. I didn't when I saw my wife, I didn't see I didn't just frown at her every day thinking, You just the most contentious. What why in the world did I marry you? You know, you're contentious. I can't stand you. You know, I dwelled on the good things. I didn't live in the argument we had five minutes ago. I didn't live in the contention that she was displaying, you know, maybe ten minutes ago. I, what, when the contention was there, I dealt with it, and then I moved on. I didn't, when I saw her, my wife, I didn't see contention. I saw my wife. I thought about the good things about her. You know, and so we stopped in this particular place because I wanted you to see she dropped the injunction and came home. So focus on that. Don't make contention your whole marriage. Don't make a 10-minute or 20-minute argument, you know, on a daily basis if it's that happening that often. Don't make that your whole marriage because it's not your whole marriage. And so that's what the enemy wants you to focus on. And you may can't stand it, and I understand that. But you can't stand the contention. You you want there to be more peace. And, and, and you know, you want her to be sweet all the time. And, 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 that, and that's a possibility. But she's not going to get there if you are keeping her in the place where she falls short at, you see that? So you, you have to be careful that you don't keep her in the place where she falls short, you see? So let's go ahead and keep reading. My pastor told me that she was hurting because she came from a broken home and a nasty mother and had no dad in her life. Now, isn't that the truth? That that, that, that is the, uh, that can be a reason, that's probably the number one reason. Broken home, no father in the home, for you know, to really uh, help her, to show her manhood and for her to even be used to the male authority. And then, of course, the, you know, the, if the mother's contention, then that's the icing on the cake for it. And so your pastor was telling you that to get you to consider those things, you see that, consider those things. All right, she is highly contentious, nasty, cold-hearted, unhelpful person who avoids me if I wanted to. I could get more love from a stranger after just five minutes. Now, that that is the other side of it, see? Now, it, that's the other side. That's what it never want to take you, uh, to have you thinking, especially if you're focused on the idea that, you know what, I've met a whole lot of women nicer. I've met one woman nicer than, than my wife is. You see, don't let the devil take you to where uh, another woman has, a better quality than than your own wife. You see that? Don't don't let the don't let the devil take you there. You see that? All right. So let's go and keep reading. If uh, let's go and keep reading. He said, but I am married to this one and trying my best to love her and get along with her. But it's like I'm living with a true enemy. 
And you know that might be true. You may be living with an enemy, but the enemy is not your wife. Uh, you, you have to know that, and that's first and foremost with how you deal with a contentious woman and loving her as Christ loved the church. Uh, that, that that the enemy is not your wife. You see that? You have to know that. You see that? Now, and don't try your best to love her. Love her. You see that? Don't, because love isn't something that you try. If you have it, you can't help but to love. You see that? All right. And so, and that's what I mean. A lot of times when people say that, I'm trying to love her, then what they're saying is sometimes I get pulled out of that. Now, if it's godly love, you can't be pulled out of it, but you're going to love it all times, you see. And so, so we're going to read the next paragraph. He says, I am writing because I have a question. Apparently, my pastor and you both disagree on something, and I'm hearing two opposite things. I listened to your Dealing with the Contentious Woman series also. I taped your Contentious Woman series onto a bunch of tapes so I could blast it on the stereo throughout the house when she is being extra contentious. I don't even know when she's on her period because <clears throat> she acts like that all the time, but sometimes she's worse than others. <clears throat> I also printed out a long list of Bible verses to correct her with when she is running her mouth. This was a good alternative to what I used to do before she left me, which was to yell right back at her and cuss her out and get in her face right back. That was just what the devil wanted. So I thought that quoting verses and playing tapes was much better, and it was. It would drive her away running every, uh, running away every time. So that, now that, that's what you have to see. Uh, that's not actually better. You see that you don't want to uh, run your wife away, and you should not feel relieved because she walks away. You know, uh, again, now God's word. Uh, you got married to your wife uh, from your commitment to her, and and yeah, how can I say this? So you have to be careful that that commitment is still there. And this is what I mean. When you talk to her, uh, to court her, uh, you are not just quoting Bible verses to do that. You talk to her like she was a woman and she could understand what you were saying. And although there is, see, there is a time to quote scriptures, and then there is a time to talk uh, also from your heart, and you express how you feel. And so uh, if you listen to the, to the series we did on the soft answer, uh, you, you know, talk to her and be sensitive towards her and ask her, sweetheart, can you, would you mind sitting down and can we please talk, you know, like you you have to appeal to her. Now, I'm telling you how now, this is how you deal with a contentious woman. You see that? Now, I'm going to tell you, the contention is really to test your love <clears throat> towards her. I'm talking about the way that God sees it. Now, I don't think that every married man ought to be dealing with a contentious woman. I don't think that a woman should be contentious. But if you ask me how to deal with it, I'm sharing with you how to deal with it. Appeal to her. Don't make her hate the thing of God and hate the word of God that you're quoting because you are doing it just to run her off or doing it to try to get control of her. You see that? You love that wife. You see that? You weren't just quoting scriptures when you started dating her. Uh, you were talking to her, you were talking to her in a sensible manner. Now, I feel like this. If she cared enough about you to marry you, then there must be some kind of way you can appeal to her and just reason with her. Now, you, you see, you, you, you have to think along those lines, all right? 
All right, so let's let's go and keep reading. Um, so I thought that quoting verses and playing tapes was much better, and it was. It would drive her away, running away every time. God's word really does have power. Instead of her following me around, uh, running that demonic tongue of hers, she would literally walk out and leave, etc. Now, see, again, you have to be careful that you don't attack what you want to come to you. You see that? If I'm constantly, you've heard the the old saying, the old people used to say, you can catch more bees with honey than you can vinegar. I guess vinegar kills bees or something. And so, you you, you know, the idea is to catch them, then you, then you catch them with foolishness. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. You see that? And so you don't want to use the word of God to run her off, but draw her with your love and kindness the way that Christ has drawn us. You see that? With love and kindness, he's drawn us. And so that's the way you have to be. Because I'm going to tell you, if you're not careful, you yourself can be contentious and not even know it. If my If my wife is arguing with me, and then I start arguing right back. Now we're both wrong. You see that? We're both wrong. And that's not God's will. So let's go and keep reading here. <clears throat> but you see, I quit doing that. I quit playing the tapes and quoting the verses. I did so because my pastor said not to do it. He said, beating her over the head with the Bible is misusing God's word, and it grieves the Holy Spirit because you are trying to do, do the Holy Spirit's job. So now I am defenseless against this nasty, brawling woman. So, no, you're not defenseless. You see that? And that's the idea. And see, here's the thing. Don't think of it in that manner. I'm defenseless. When you're talking about defending or being able to defend yourself, you yourself are saying, I'm in this fight too. You see that? And you can't look at it like, you know what, I got a nasty, brawling woman, and I, I have to fight again. No, you don't have to fight. You know, you don't have to fight. The Lord don't fight with us. Even when we're in the world, he don't fight with us. You see that? He draws us. Now, that's what you have to You have to make up your mind. What do I want? What do I want? Do I want my wife to be submitted to the Lord? Okay, well, let me help her in her spiritual growth with the Lord. You see that? And that's not going to always come with quoting scriptures. Now, again, there is a time for that, but there's also a time when we have to talk reasonably from our hearts. You see that? In other words, you can't move yourself out of the way and put God there to take the brunt of what your wife is doing. You know, in other words, put his word there. You you have to talk with her. You see that? And not run her away with the word, but talk with her. You see that? Be reasonable with her. <clears throat> As my pastor said not to defend myself, in fact, my old pastor from many years ago, who I kept in touch with, said the same thing. Both of them are very spiritual, praying men who God talks to. So I, I am supposed to just take it and suffer as Christ did, I guess. The problem is, <clears throat> no, you're not just supposed to take it. You see that? Now, that's what you have to know. You know, you're not just supposed to take it. You have to be proactive in it, but you also have to use the wisdom of God while you're doing it. Again, you have to pray, Lord, what do I do in this situation? How do I respond? The idea is to pull her to you, especially when you're in your rightful place, okay? Says the problem is, I am really beginning to hate this nasty woman, yet I am commended to love her as Christ loved the church. So, you see, if you were in the right place, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't begin to hate her. 
I can understand getting tired of the contention. I can understand getting tired of having to deal with it. Trust me, I really do understand that. But I'm telling you, if you are in your rightful place, you would not hate, hatred or bitterness towards her would not be a struggle that you have. Okay. <clears throat> the, it says I am familiar with Second Timothy three sixteen and Isaiah fifty four seventeen. But is it true that I shouldn't defend myself like both pastors have said? God cannot contradict Himself, so I am confused. I don't want her mouth to continue giving our children a bad example, but she just won't shut up. Now, let me make this clear. You have to make be careful uh, that if she is setting a bad example, that you set the good example. You see that? that you, now, <clears throat> again, <clears throat> I'm, you're the one that wrote me this letter, and so I have to address you and the part that you play in it. You see that? I've addressed women and how they should behave, and I believe that the, the word makes it clear on how a godly woman behaves. But let me make this clear. If you if you write me and ask me what you you know what to do, then I have to address you as well and, 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 and share with you what you need to do. You see that? So <clears throat> let's read uh the Bible tells us in the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians, uh that uh husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So now let's go real quickly. Uh, let's go real quick to the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew. The 16th chapter of the book of Matthew. And we're going to start reading at verse 13. Now we're going to see how Christ loved the church and what his function was with them. All right, in these in this, in this few verses. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto him, to them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Jesus Christ represents the husband, and Peter represents the church in this in this story. And how did Jesus deal with them? Uh he asked them, who do, who do you say that I am? Now, your wife, by marrying you, have said with her mouth who you are. Do you accept this man as, as your husband? So she's already made that statement. She may be misled in, in some issues, uh, but she has already established who you are to her. All right? So verse uh, and, and so verse 16 says, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, for Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So I want you to know the revel- what the revelation of the husband, how it comes. It comes through revelation of, of, of God himself. You see that? So in other words, a woman can be married and still not have a revelation of who her husband is to be. She accepts the, you as the husband, but she might not understand all the ins and outs of that. Again, the husband, uh, in the Bible especially, the term was interchangeable with farmer, one that dresses a garden. In other words, he farms and, and dresses the garden. And so that's what we do as husbands. Uh, we dress our wives, if that makes any sense. All right, so let's go and keep reading. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So you see there that Jesus Christ at this very moment changed 
Simon's name to Peter. In other words, he changed it to what he was going to become and the way that he saw him. And so that is what we do as husbands. We don't call our wives nasty, brawling, and, and contentious, even though they may be that at that moment. We call them into the place where we want them to be, and, and we, we bless uh, them that curse us, okay? Verse 19, and I, will, and I will give unto thee the king's keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him. Now, I want you to picture that. Peter took him. Now, I picture Peter grabbing the Lord by the hand and leading him somewhere away from where he's supposed to be. And that's what a contentious wife, that's the whole object, grab you by the hand and lead you to a place where God hasn't called you to be, see? So then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. In other words, be contentious with him. In other words, you done said something that I don't agree with, and I'm going to rebuke you, if you can imagine that. But let's see. Saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Now, how did Jesus Christ deal with that brawling woman? How did Jesus Christ deal with that contentious person? Verse 23, but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. In other words, Jesus saw spiritually what was taking place. He had just blessed Peter and said, you're blessed because flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you. And then when Peter gets out of his place, he 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 calls it what it is. Look at what it is. Look at what he said in verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, talking about Peter, blessed are thou, Simon Barjona. But look at what verse 23 says. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me who? Satan. In other words, he understood it's the devil that's using your tongue right now. Now, here's the thing that we have to see. From this point on, Jesus didn't look at Peter like, you know what, you you, you just ain't got it. You're, you're contentious. You're contentious, and I, I just can't trust you. Jesus understood, I'm going to bless them when they need to be blessed, but when the enemy's using them, then I'm going to address the devil. You see that? And that's the way you deal with a contentious woman. Again, it's not. It can't be all the time bad. It can't be. It's, that's impossible. That every every conversation you have is an argument. Impossible. There's, there's no way. You wouldn't have got mad if that was the case. And so, what you have to do is you have to learn to separate when your wife is speaking versus when the enemy is using your wife to speak. Don't keep her. And from this point on, the Lord didn't keep Peter in that place where of uh, when he tried to pull me over and rebuke me. You know, in other words, he didn't become uh, bitter against Peter like, you know what? <clears throat> he wasn't thinking days later, you know, I can't believe just looking at him, you know, sideways, like, I can't believe you tried to pull me off to the side a few days ago and rebuke me. You, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe you tried that. You see, no, in other words, the Lord let that stuff go. He rebuked him when he needed to be rebuked, but he did not keep Peter. And he said, you know what? I gave you the name Peter, but I'm taking it back. 
you're going to be Sarah. That's your name from now on. I'm, I'm calling you Sarah. In other words, he continued to call Peter, regardless of how he acted from that point on, he continued to call him by his God-given name. You see that? Now, if you have a wife, her God-given name is not contentious. You see that? You call her. It's your job as the minister and high priest of your home to call her to the place where you want her to be, and she will respond. You see that? She will respond. So let's do what Jesus Christ did with a part of his church that day. You see that? Let's learn to separate our wives from the, from the sweetness that she is. Let's learn to separate that from when the enemy is using her. And let's deal with the enemy. Don't treat your wife like she's the enemy. You deal with the enemy that you have, which is Satan himself. Amen. So we thank you all again for joining us. Uh, we will continue this lesson tomorrow, if the Lord is willing, because we have another email to read, and we want to go over a few more things. And we pray that this message has been a blessing to you, and we look forward to hearing from you and sharing how this message has blessed you. Have a blessed day.